0: The reading today is taken from 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 19 to 25. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls.
1: Well, good morning. My name's Mike and I'm one of the leaders of St John's Saltheath, uh, the curate here in fact. And I want to begin this morning just quickly before I dive right into the actual passage we've just heard read, to remind you that this is the third in our um, series on 1 Peter so far. And there's a really important bit of context um, to the sort of backdrop of the story, uh, what's happening in the church when Peter is writing this letter, that's really helpful just to hold in the back of our mind and remember as we're as we're listening this morning, and that is that the Christian church is really being persecuted; it's being mistreated at this time. Many people are being martyred or beaten for their faith, and so. Peter writes this letter to a whole, broad spectrum of churches and um, this helps us to realise why there is so much content regarding suffering in this book 1 Peter, I've heard it described as the Job of the New Testament. And if you really want to begin to answer the question of what to do with the problem of suffering, this book is certainly a good place to begin. And since our passage today majors on a theme of suffering, then it's worth having this in the background um, as I speak from this bit of 1 Peter. So our passage this morning begins by talking about unjust, and just suffering. So we entered this morning in the middle of a section about sort of submission to rulers and authorities and how slaves should submit to their masters even if those masters are sort of dodgy bad people Um, and all this stuff about beatings is, is then held in that context. So if you're a slave who's up to no good and you get punished by your master then well this is justified says Peter. Now, I don't think we should necessarily read this as justification for corporal punishment or indeed even slavery. But Peter is setting us up here to think about unjust punishment and how we should deal with this. What do we do if our master beats us because we worship Jesus? How should we treat that? What do we do today if we are going through um, unjust punishment? difficulties in our lives, how should we treat that and how should we feel towards it. So Peter invites us then at the heart of this passage to consider suffering in relation to Jesus. Jesus suffered and died at the hands of authorities even though he was innocent. And so in verse 22 and 23 we read, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate, he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. The scene of suffering for doing good comes up again and again in 1 Peter, and Peter urges us to follow Christ's example here and bear up under suffering. You know, we need to go back to uh, Gavin Foster Bible School 101. Those of you who've been coming to St. John's for a while will have heard him said this before, that, you know, if Jesus did it, then so should we. Jesus suffered and he bared up under his suffering without retaliation or complaint. And perhaps there's a lesson for us in this. And there's obvious connections here with our current challenging times which I don't think I need to spell out too loudly this morning Jesus submitted himself to the authorities in this way knowing that it was God's plan to enable us to die to sin ourselves and live for righteousness that's what it says in verse 24 and so this really is the heart of the gospel message the good news The message that we, the church, are guardians of. Jesus Christ died to wipe out our sin. Now, sin is sometimes a bit of a tricky concept to understand. I recently heard it described really helpfully um, as being a little bit like the Chernobyl disaster. So that explosion 30 plus years ago in what is now a part of modern day Ukraine has left an enormous contamination zone on the earth. And even today, normal, healthy people that try to live there become sick. They're infected by the food that they eat, the water that they drink. And it's not just the people. All of nature and wildlife is consumed by this decaying, contaminating radiation and it's a slow death that is caused for these ecosystems for these people and these communities as their living tissues gradually break down and stop functioning and their organs fail. Sin is a little bit like this. It also affects all of nature. It um causes and brings a premature death that's not natural not right and yet unlike chernobyl we can't escape from sin it's everywhere on earth it's corrupted the whole planet all of our society all of our relationships and just like chernobyl we are heading because of this towards a premature death everything on this earth is corrupted and is causing us to rot and decay and die and that is hugely tragic and we all contribute to this we're all a part of this building picture of the radiation of sin that that in, encamped around our planet that just hovers and and damages us and yet god knew about this problem from the start before the start before he made the world he knew we were going to mess it up. And he committed from the beginning to the cross, to rescuing us. It's like the first starting point in history. The cross is where it all begins. All of the Old Testament, the stuff that comes before in history, points us towards this pivotal moment in history of the cross, when Jesus dies, and then three days later is risen. And so this, death that Jesus took on was our death the decay from this radiation of sin and what he gives us is his new life and that's not just new life to come it's new life today by his spirit for us in the here in the now we can receive it we can have that new life today you know one Peter says that we were like sheep and had gone astray but now we've returned to the overseer of our souls There's a lot in 1 Peter about, you know, how to behave appropriately as a Christian. But we mustn't enter into this behaviour as a means to kind of correct the sin in our lives. God has won our lives back for us. We can't win it. We can't win his affection. We can do nothing to earn his love. It's unconditional. We can't do anything to clean up the mess of sinfulness that we've created for ourselves. Only Jesus can do this for us. So I want to encourage you to do something possibly a little bit controversial this morning in terms of how we try and live our lives doing good things. I just want to say to you, perhaps you need to just give up. Give up trying to be a good person for God in as much as you're trying to earn his love. Once we know that he loves us and we know that we are his, that he has won a victory for us, he's got it covered, then we can die to sin and we can live out of this security in righteousness. The security that he has paid the price, that he has won the victory and that we bring nothing, we do nothing, we offer nothing. We come to him humbly and throw ourselves at his feet. And it's through his mercy and his grace, through his humility and his bringing himself to the cross that we have new life. And it's out of this place that we live for righteousness and die to sin. Does this mean that we get everything right all the time No. And that's probably because we live in a time that's before the final fulfillment of everything that Christ has done comes about. But, you know, if we try to be good people in order to fix the issues in our lives, we aren't really being humble before God. And in fact, we're taking or we're trying to take um, God's sacrifice and make it kind of unnecessary. You know, we're trying to say, "Well, Jesus died on the cross, but actually, if I can make myself righteous, then we won't need that. So I'll say it again. Give up. Fall on God's mercy. Then in the power of his spirit, live for righteousness with peace in your heart. What good news we carry as a people. He has done it for us. Now, for many of you this morning this message is a helpful reminder to let go of the things that you are holding on to the ways in which you are so desperate to better yourselves before god perhaps to be better at reading the bible or better at praying perhaps it's something around sin in your life that you feel guilty of let go of it can i encourage you if that's you to do two things actually two things First of all, as I've said already, give up. Let God do the heavy lifting. Learn to just be with him. And gradually learn to partner with him and not do it yourself. And don't rush this. Especially all you activists out there. All you activists, like me, I'm an activist. I just wanna get my hands on stuff and do stuff and get on with it. And sometimes I need to remember to just be with God to trust in his faithfulness and his grace and mercy in my life and so you know try not to be active try to be passive in this to as Gavin said last week be still and know that he is the one who saves he's the one who fights secondly as you rediscover the joy of this saving grace this morning as you sit in it as you exist in it and think about it, as you reawaken yourself to the good news that we carry as a Christian people, go and share it with others. You know, in modern memory, I don't think there's ever been as good a time as this to share the good news I'm not talking about cringy evangelism I'm talking about telling people the difference that Jesus is making in your life at this time just when you speak with them in normal conversation perhaps even just waiting until they ask and then giving them the reason for the hope that is in you you know invites to church at this time are a really good way to be doing that it's so much easier to invite people to church right now in this digital space than it is in the physical building. Katie, my wife, has been sticking up her phone um, just on a tripod and pointing it at our TV and turning on her Facebook Live. And so every Sunday morning we're worshipping and we're listening to the sermon and so on and the prayers and people that are walking by digitally. In other words, they've got out their phone and they're flicking through their Facebook and they see, oh, Katie's live. I'll watch. And they're being invited that way into church. Can I encourage you to do something similar? Think about ways in which you can invite or bring your friends to this digital church which is so much safer and easier for them to access in a non-threatening way than the physical building. Maybe because of the geographical distance between you and them, maybe just because it's quite a scary thing to walk through a door into a church, but to turn on a YouTube video that you can easily turn off, that's, that's no threat. So please share this good news that lives in us with people by inviting them to church and just by telling them every day. Now for a number of you out there however, you are those visitors that have been invited. You might even be watching us right now through Katie's Facebook and this is the first time you've really heard the Christian message put in this way. It's just sinking in for the first time. Maybe you're a regular St John's member and it's the first time that it's really actually soaking into your heart. Perhaps. Perhaps you are one of those visitors. Well, look, I just want you to forget what you think you already know about church. The church, perhaps, of your upbringing, where you were led to believe perhaps that you needed to be guilty and that you needed to sort your life out and come with right behaviour. Well, look, take the words straight from the Bible. Actually, I'm going to modify them slightly. It says he himself bore your sins on the cross that you might die to sin and live righteousness. Come home to the overseer of your soul. So as you sit at home right now and you feel this stirring inside of you, you feel maybe God is moving or you feel your heart beating hard as I'm speaking, perhaps just close your eyes and pray this prayer with me now, just offering yourself to God, to Jesus. Jesus, I sense something stirring in my heart. I know I am trapped in sin and it is infecting me like radiation and making me sick. I can do nothing about it, but I want it gone. I surrender myself, my life, my sin, everything to you. Fix me. Help me live for righteousness instead. Show me how. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer at home watching this now and you know something is going on for you that God is speaking or moving we would love for you to get in touch with us to help us point you in the right direction to help us lead you in these first stages of a, a journey of faith and you can do this by emailing us um, Or phoning us. um, Gavin will either put some details at the bottom of the screen now or he might put them in the description at the bottom of the video or in some way um, we'll share that information with you. But send me an email, send the church an email, ring the church office. We would love to hear from you. So folks hold up at home while the pressure is on. Have a blessed and restful week living from His grace. Goodbye.